All right. So, hi, everyone. Welcome to Trying to Be Kind, a podcast that delves academically into tabletop role playing games. Since October 2020, we've been reading William White's Tabletop RPG Design and Theory and Practice at the Forge, published in 2020 by Palgrave Macmillan. So, listeners know that we have been doing this for six months now. That said, it has been half a year of looking at a book that, frankly, at least for me, has brought me into despair. So, we're looking at episode six as a breather episode where we're trying to be kind to ourselves by podcasting our positive thoughts about the RPG scene, meaning no hot takes as much as possible. Also, it's our half anniversary. Meaning, I, Mahar, would like to point this out because I am basic that way. Let the basic begin! It's wild that we've done six months of this. Could you imagine we've been doing this for half a year? I mean, really. And we've got so much of the book left. Oh my we、God. have to play the game in the book. Like, the author has <laughs> offered to run this game for us, and I am taking him up on that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I honestly don't know if Dr. White has fully listened to our podcast. I view what we do in the spirit of constructive criticism. That is, even when I'm angry about certain aspects of the book, I don't think that, like, you know, I'm necessarily as angry at him as an individual as I am with academic publishing as a discourse. Definitely. Okay, I mean, I can be angry at both, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> also that. You're, you're absolutely p r e v e n t to those feelings.、Um, I, I, I don't think I'm angry at, at, at、uh, William White. Just more of, oh my goodness, sir, why? Just why? So, it's been a while since many of you might have heard us, so here we go. Today's introduction game is What Pokemon Would You Be? And I shift the table now to whoever wants to speak first. So, I would definitely, I don't know how many, how much Pokemon you play, especially recent Pokemon. But when they, when I found that they have one that's made completely out of garbage and shouts a lot,、uh, that was, it, it, it was my heart. So, that's Gardevoir. And that's me, Gardevoir. Oh my God. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Fiona? Hi, I'm Fiona.、Um, and I, I really aggressively played Pokemon Red and Blue and then kind of like fell off because it's like, man, I caught all 150 Pokemon. I did all this stuff. I'm in middle school. What's next? I'm on top of the world.、Um, and then the answer was get into paper RPGs even more. And man, that was a social activity. Anyway. Um, if I were Pokemon, <laughs> I, I would be Gengar. Gengar's my favorite. I like Dream Eater. I like, you know, I like ghost Pokemon. I also think it's really weird because, like, ghost Pokemon are human spirits. So, like, you're like, oh, hey, the, the, the ghost of a dead person. Just get in this ball and I'm going to make you punch an electric squirrel. Gengar is rad.、Oh、Can't argue with that. Have you seen the new, like, Mega Gengar? No. The one that feels、yeah, really big?、Uh, Yeah, it grows really big and it's got its tongue like lay, flops out. It's like giant. Anyway, that's from Sword and Shield.、Okay. I can't remember what they call them Gigamax, something like that. Dynamax? Yeah, something like that. What about you, Mahar?、Oh. Okay, so I want to say I would be almost any evolution. I want to say. In my heart of hearts, it's like I am a fairy type, right? But let's be honest, I'm basic. I'm a Snorlax. <laughs> like, I love a good Snorlax, though. It's like, you know, partially because of my, my build, but also because it's like, my goodness, just sleeping and eating. I think, that is, I think that is the proper way to live at this point. Yeah, Snorlax is the best. And so much HP. And so much HP. Incredible amounts of HP. Right? Right? I mean, like, seriously. I mean, it's been a while since we've spoken with each other, really.、Um, and, and in fact, so long that, Jared, if we're to reach our deadline, you're going to have to like, edit this right away. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. We got it. Oh, my gosh. This might be the fastest turnover we're going to have for this particular project. <laughs> you, you know how they say, like, if you want something done quickly, ask the person who's too busy? 
That's yeah. me right now. You know what have you been busy with? What has Mr. Uh, Jared been busy with aside from well, starting fights online? Well, there's that. Um, no, so I earlier in the month I got the second dose of the vaccine, which is very good. Huzzah! And, and uh, Huzzah! a lovely thing to have happened, but it did take me out for like two days. Um, so that happened. And then the rest of the month has been like a bunch of editing work and finishing things up. And then mm-hmm. now I've been doing a bunch of stuff for Troika Fest, which is coming up. <clears throat> oh God, any day. Um, it's April, April 5 to 11 are the official days. So anyone listening to this, go have a look at Troika Fest. It's just a low key thing. There's a jam on itch to make stuff and there's going to be some streaming events and things like that. So Ooh, okay. A lot of planning for that and you cat know, wrangling. You know, Fiona, we have to continue our game of Troika Hearts. We do, which is a project that's really taken the back seat, which I feel bad about because um, I cannot I, um, wait to be my horrible unicorn. Uh, just so you know, unlike, let's just be inside baseball. Um, maybe the Fominist actually is a possible NPC you could roll in um, discourse. Like, I immortalized that character as a D100. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. It's like, I am a feminist who just wants to have the boy who fits every single social convention of what's, met- what's attractive. <laughs> um, I believe that that's called hybrid masculinity. I think oh, no. the term people are using... <laughs> on like terms on twitter that like just cause my whole body to convulsively cringe um oh my god oh my goodness it's like uh i'm glad to know that everyone's been busy but what else have you been doing fiona uh so i'm trying to finish uh getting discourse to print which is pretty i mean like it's tedious doing print work it's why i usually partner with people is that i don't actually like doing certain parts of production um and uh i've been doing ordering for exalted funeral and that you know keeps me really busy because just there's so many people making things that will already show up that also looking for things is just like a full-time job um well mega congratulations thank you I, okay, nice. And, you know, uh, also ordering things from Jared, who is an excellent storefront that I also suggest people patronize. Oh, my God. Um, this <laughs> this podcast is perfectly, like, business incestuous. <laughs> Look, like, it's, not, it's best it's, RPGs. The, the best joke for it is you know like look we're just passing this bag around of like i think in the g plus era the joke was it's a bag of nickels and i think by now we have accumulated enough wealth that it is a bag of quarters Ooh, <laughs> we can pay for laundry now y'all possibly even a fat roll of like ones with a 20 on the outside to make the bills look bigger <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, we're living big okay that's complete sarcasm coming from me <laughs> sorry i'm really tired i just want to note the the time difference between everyone right now so uh local time for me is uh plus eight uh udt are you what are we whatever you call that Basically, I'm on 10 p.m. <clears throat> Hong Kong time, which is roughly oh, exactly 12 hours ahead of uh, U.S. Eastern time. What is it at your? What time is it at your place? It's 10:18 a.m. Oh, you're Eastern too, yeah. And it's 9:18 where I am, so I technically don't wake up for another 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually Jared as a synopolist. Like, actually a Dr. Caligari-like figure just piloting the Jared. Um, Really? Really? Are we just looking at the shadow Jared? Are we looking at the Jared before the persona manifests and accepts itself? I'm I'm just saying, episode title for this. um, Episode (laughs) 5, Enter the Shadow Jared. (laughs) Enter the Shadow Jared. Oh my god, that sounds delirious and awful. I love it. I'm I'm pure id right now. Just nothing but id. (laughs) I heard something much grosser, and I'm going to have to private message you. 
Because I was like, really? Really, Jared? Wow. Someone woke up thirsty. You know, have you considered getting yourself a glass of water? Because you sound a little thirsty, friend. As in, I just messaged it right now to our little Discord chat, and I'm like, Jared, I heard. I'm like, oh my oh, god. No. Oh, no. I was like, Jared, you thirsty, thirsty creature. Yeah, you, you know me. Jared, the person who frequently has erotic uh, content in his games, um, frequently associated with many tags in the fandom and fanfic communities. I did read Homestuck, so there is that. You know, I really think I don't that... know what Homestuck is. <laughs> I really think we need to share the fact that um, we are a tripartite uh, feminine force and the fact that Jared's our maiden. And that is why I'm so scandalized by what I thought Jared said. I was like, wow, Jared before coffee is a thirsty, thirsty creature. Whereas I am a demure mother, which is completely wrong. I don't think I know the meaning of the word demure. I, you know... And unfortunately, that makes Fiona arc. What do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> like, I get the best role. Like, I get sure, to us. corrupt young maidens into witchcraft. I get to be, like, the feminist journey of awakening in the bitch. Um, you get to cut <laughs> the string of life. <laughs> you get to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and and also I get to live in the woods, you know. Um, I don't actually have to be attractive for men. Well, you could freedom. be, you could be in some myth. I mean, that's right. what hammering yourself is for. Oh my goodness! I'm okay. I'm gonna message again what I thought I heard you say. Oh my god! I think I'm the thirsty one. <laughs> <laughs> the mother secretly thirsts. <laughs> it's it's like the soul caliber when you lose thing. Bahar has been defeated, but the soul still thirsts. Oh my god. Continue. Ten. Nine. Eight. Etc. Um, this has been our most structured episode. <laughs> um, but you and know what? I was like, what are you doing? I. So, you know, I think um, we wanted to kind of do this as a review of what we've done and also like in some ways for me at least what I want to kind of highlight is that I do a critical project because I care about the things that I'm critical about you know that like I I didn't agree to do this with y'all and I don't think either of you picked this up just so we could like be mean to someone who academically published about our field right like mm-hmm. I think what what's interesting to me is someone wants to talk about our field and that this person wants to use the language of the academy this person wants to you know add certain dynamics of reading and wants to you know like treat this seriously and i think that there's always kind of this shit posty way that people respond to um because i'm a crone i'm allowed to be a certain degree of salty shit posty way which people are just like oh you know taking games seriously is because you don't have any fun with games that's like motherfucker i play a lot more games than you (laughs) You know, it's like, well, the thing I've realized about our podcast, uh, because one of my friends is a wonderful person and very intelligent, was listening to it. He's like, um, I didn't understand much. It's very niche, uh, but I do appreciate the passion you bring into it. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind of them. And I was like, wow, how very, and you know, uh, Jared, you pointed out, this is so inside baseball, inside baseball. I mean, it's one thing to say that you're speaking about games. I think already as game designers, we speak differently than the majority of, you know, our friends, because there is a parlance there that everyone adopts eventually. And then, and then to conflate that with the language of the academe is, uh, you know, it is, it is, it is a a venture in its own right. And there's a, there's a particular concern with like our, very small history as a discipline, you know, because you're looking at the forge. The forge is the thing that existed some time ago and does not exist now. So there's this like historiography element to it as well that is 
I don't know, I'd imagine for a lot of people, even people working in RPGs right now, it's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that just isn't much of a priority or an interest, which I totally get and respect. Yeah. Um, So that just adds another layer of like, why? (laughs) Yeah, but like what I'm realizing now about this, uh, like five months, six months into this project and reading this book multiple times, um, often against my will, really. Like, it's reached the point where I'm just kind of like, Mahar, for your own mental health, you have to only read this maybe a few days before we record, which is really nice because with this breather episode, it means I would not have read the book for two months now. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Is that uh, it doesn't seem to make its mind on what theory it uses. Um, I understand that uh, Dr. White is a communications uh, specialist with regards to his academic field. Um, but I, for me, it doesn't seem to like, are you looking at this under historical framework? And of course there are many frameworks under that. Are you looking at this anthropologically? Uh, I don't understand. Like, what are you doing with regards to anthropologically? Are you looking at this sociologically and so on and so forth? So I feel like there are lots of theories there that can be touched upon, but haven't exactly been declared as the definitive theory that, uh, white would like to engage in. Yeah, or even if even if he's going to like take a more freewheeling approach and approach it from several different angles, it would be nice to have those sort of yeah. Like, what is your critical framework here? Like, what is your methodology in doing this? I I mean, like uh, the standard demands of anything really academic for for that matter. That you can be creative in your output even. Well, for with, with your academic work, God knows we've done sequential art where entire PhD theses are now like produced as comics. We, we, you can do that, but you still need to have some kind of like underpinning that is clear on the outset. And I don't, I still don't feel like I get that from, from white other than he had very fond memories and he would like to preserve the work that he and his community, at least though the community as he perceived it at that time would mm-hmm. like to continue. And I, again, I find it really funny considering that I would have, like, I think he would have been better off looking at current games and then offering a retrospective and tying these links back to the Forge. And I think that would have been a far more honest work, to be honest. Um, and much but, more interesting, I think. Yeah, like, I would like to know how I've inherited the legacy of the Forge without my knowing it. I think that would have been very interesting. I would have I would have felt like, wow, it turns out that I was, I started my work in a cradle I didn't know I had, I had been, I had laid in. So mm. that that would have been okay. Wow, I'm feeling my poetry today, um, but, <laughs> but but you know that's that's something, and that's something that I think um, we definitely might want to look at in the future. Uh, but we don't. We're not here to sharpen our knives this afternoon, or this evening, this morning, whatever the time zone <laughs> might be. <laughs> we're not here to sharpen knives. I mean, we're here to actually uh, look. Mahar said, "Boy." Okay, we're actually looking into things that we want to be positive about. Now, disclaimer, we are not here to give hot takes, as difficult as that might be, about TTRPG things. Um, Personally, for me, I have ducked out of Twitter. I have proudly been out of Twitter for a week now. It's been wonderful, friends. As in, I don't know diddly shit. It is so nice. That seems great. It is so nice. As in, I'm so happy. So, so I was, I, mean, I would like to continue on this and maybe it's selfish of me, but I would like to continue on this rather positive uh, bent because there are quite a lot of games out there that I feel deserve some talking about and some, um, you know, just some like appreciation, so to speak. Yeah, so this is when I'm opening the floor to my friendos. And what do you think we should be playing? What do you think we should be reading? And perhaps what do you think we should be inspired by if we were in the mood to design our own games? You know, I think on um, on what I think people should be doing is uh, someone that I know, because you actually take notes beforehand, Bahar, you know, is going to come up is I think... Bim's Finder for RPG uh, C like content and yeah, so across RPG C, yeah, and we mm-hmm. should throw a link into the description for this one. Yeah, but we like, can do that. You know, I think um, I wish there was someone that was just doing a thing of like, look, you know, on Friday I'm going to hit random on this, 
buy a game, read it, and review it. And, you know, the reason I don't is that I have the problem of I work for a storefront. And if I write something positive about someone's work, people believe that I was paid to or that, like, this isn't sincerely what I think. Um, And if I write something negative, you know, like, even if it's negative with, like, a tempered positive, like, I think this is a good first attempt. These are things that I think could be done differently. This is what I would invest in if I was this person, you know? People see that as, like, you know, a pretty relentless punching down because, like, I'm I'm a fairly notable game designer, and I think that that's one of the things that the Forge actually had a tried to have a community around critically talking about each other's games in a way that was supportive but critical. That like I think Twitter has specifically been bad at, and so on positives, I want to say like, man, there is so much stuff. Like RBG Latinum is having a jam right now, and you know RPGC Finder across RPGC. I'm so bad at remembering the names of things. Okay, let me let me do some searching, right? But it's a great hashtag, uh, hashtag RPG L A T A M. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, it has quite a. It's they're beginning to do what the Southeast Asian uh, quadrant of the world did, and they have their hashtag. And I gotta say, the art in RPG Latam or Latam. I don't know how to pronounce it. So if any person from that community would tell us how to pronounce it properly, I would love it. It'd be great if we get Diego on the show sometime, actually. They're so good. As in, I listen to their stuff and I look at that stuff and I'm just like, holy schmoly, what is this? It's so, 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 it's so pretty so oh my goodness like it's just ah oh, oh, it makes me wish i could actually speak spanish fluently and read spanish fluently but it's so pretty it's so so pretty okay i'm done but yeah rpg Time is a great hashtag to explore um across rpc rpgc uh, so that's https uh, colon semicolon slash slash uh, across dash rpgc.com it's a random finder so basically i think there are 50 to 60 games there right now that you can stumble over by around maybe 30 designers if i last remember I could be misremembering where you can just basically take a dip and if you see a game that you'd like you might want to you might want to explore it for what and that's such a cool thing to have like this is such a cool service to have access to i'm stoked yeah well you know i mean bim bianca uh, mameros is one of those like like if you can do one of the things that bim does i think you would be like already such a force to be reckoned with but when you realize that BIM writes, designs, and lays out every single one of their games, it kills me. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's so freaking unfair. Like, how dare you? The color is so well saturated. I bought a print of BIM's art before. It's one of the best things I own, to be honest. It's just so, so good. Yeah, so it worked good. well arc as an editor and i think that it's going to be one of those things where people like fiona was involved in this and clearly that's why it did well it'll be like nope honestly this is one of those things where i i did editing i did my job well and really if i hadn't been hired this would still be a great project Uh, me and Garrett together actually worked on that but you know um it's just so good (laughs) it's so good it's so beautiful and um, speaking of BIM, since we're on the on the on the BIM train right now, I wanted to just bring up uh, BIM's game, The Magus. So it's a solo journaling tabletop RPG. It basically leads you on a journey for power. It talks about the costs of accumulating power in really like interesting ways. The art's phenomenal. The layout is crazy good. It's so good. It's so, so good. As in, I read it, I look at it, and I think, this is not a game. This is an art book that tells me a story by saying I am the story. It's so good. I just got a gush. 
Oh, that sounds great. It is so beautiful. It's $15 an itch, a bit more expensive, but I think worth every single penny. And um, if, um, if like a resulted funeral is not going to produce this after arc, I'm like, you're going to miss out. It is a phenomenally good piece of work. I'm looking at the page now and I'm just like, oh, oh, ah. Okay, maybe that's too much. Okay, Mahara, stop it. You're thirsty. You're making <laughs> thirsty sounds. a good design. That's why we're it's here. It's so good. Right? It's so good. Oh, and yeah, one but... is because it's a art freezy that I really liked and I think did something really interesting by being a mishmash of si- systems is uh, Kieran Gill's Fragments of the Ludology of Chester G. Saltmarsh. And I think I got that title right. And if I did, damn. I think Jared edited that. I think that. you did. I did edit it, yeah. But, um, you know, Jared could probably describe it better than me, but, like, it's someone's memoirs as a time traveler that has, like, trachis backgrounds and, like, random tables for a bunch of different types of places and just kind of... And some random... Uh, Bob moves like some BOB moves. It does a really interesting thing where it it floats kind of halfway between being I don't know gameable and not like it's definitely not a complete system by any stretch, um, and it doesn't try to be and it doesn't present itself as such. But there's bits in there that are definitely instantly applicable, and then there's bits that are less obviously so i'll say um and just i don't know to to see to see the book sort of hang together the way it does is pretty remarkable especially knowing kieran like i don't know i'm I'm kind of in love with the book um it's a it's a very it's a precious little thing that like i don't think there's anything else quite like it that i've seen oh okay i'm gonna take that recommendation seriously and i think i want to play it now heck yeah (laughs) so yeah we've been recommending stuff okay so here's something this is which our is... like hashtag influence episode but oh, also god please so far we've no. managed to... we <laughs> are not influencers fiona remember to like subscribe and <laughs> <laughs> see that bell you just fucking ring that bell until we're e-famous and i'm kidding i i'm sorry we, we have to we, ha- we have to insert a call to action every god. like three and a half minutes it's really we important. have a producer so our producer can jump in and make jokes. <laughs> really? I'm still waiting for Jared to bring in like a Mazano Pipi joke. <laughs> Any minute now. You've promised that for like how many episodes now, Jared? That's true. You gotta you gotta wait for the moment, you know, the perfect moment. You see, now that synergy. You don't know what episode that's in, you're going to have to listen to everything up to this point. <laughs> Make references so you're part of the in crowd. Yuck. Barf. Barf. Barf, barf, barf. Um, speaking of speaking of books that sort of live in the space between fully and instantly gameable and like less so. Um, I'm really taken with and this is full disclosure, like a lot of the stuff I get exposed to these days are things that I'm either editing or considering buying for the store. So like it is what it is. I I have only so many hours in a day, but um, it's a really cool book. um, That's actually been on itch for a little while, but recently Robin printed it recently called coloring book dungeons. Um, And it is what it claims to be. It's uh, Robin. Robin is an artist in addition to a game designer and did uh these really amazing sketches of dungeons that have, you know, little cartoony encounters like drawn into the rooms and then empty keys next to, next to the dungeons for you to sort of fill in and everything's line work. So you, you're meant to go and color it in. And I think it's, it's interesting to read um, partly because, well, partly because there's not really any words, like there's not really any content in the way we, we, classically construe of it in like a, an OSR style supplement. Uh, But there's a lot of information in it. You know what I mean? So you, you get to see a lot of, a lot of the work that art does and can do. And I think Robin is especially deft at using art as a source of information in addition to being like really cute and beautiful. Um, So I, I just think it's a really, 
uh, remarkable sort of exploration of that, that uh, impulse in, in RPGs that you don't see super often. Um, obviously it requires some like some work before you can bring it to table, but that's part of, I don't know, it's living inside of a tradition of that in a, in a way that it's very, it, it's aware of itself in that way. Um, and it tries to make that process as fun and engaging as possible, I think mostly through having really adorable art because Robin is incredible. Um, so that's coloring book dungeons. Um, it's a, it's a favorite at the moment. There's also the back cover is D 20 treasures and it's just 20 numbered like objects. Like there's a big fat beehive and there's a fish and I'm in love with it. So the back cover is my favorite page. I think Mm, my goodness, we've been recommending quite a a few things. Um, yeah, and I'm taking, I'm writing all of them down, and we're going to put links to all of them in I the description. I just love how you're so proactive. You know me. I love it. So, is this where we gush now about Eat Trash, Be Free, and talk about how Monday's work is going to be out, or has already been out? Yeah, I think I think they've, I think Monday has shipped most, if not all of them, by now. Okay, so Monday if you friends do not know, is the main designer of uh, Eat Trash, Be Free, and is a wonderfully, wonderfully, wonderful person. And yeah, so like, oh, Monday, we're dedicating this to you because you put us all together in one server. And we appreciate you. <laughs> I also did sort of a late stage copy and proof pass on that book, so I'm, I've got my fingers in it. But it's it's really good. It's uh. Are Jared's a, picks Jared's contractual obligations? E-Trash <laughs> <laughs> uh, is cool, I think, because um, it's doing, you know, it's a Forge in the Dark hack, right? It's not a complete game. It, it, it says on it that you need, you need Blades in the Dark or something similar to really make it work. But it takes the, I don't know, it gives you cute animals. You get to be cute animals. Oh, I want to have a cute animal, which actually loops us back to the beginning of this podcast when we talked about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. How about you, Fiona? Let's go into inspirations. What's been inspiring you lately? So, fun fact, um, I have a lot of weird hobbies about things I research and like believe in, and I realized that the word research in the context of people on the internet often means reddit which is not really where i do research um (laughs) oh my god fiona what are you saying are you saying Um, you follow a methodology i i actually read lots of academic books when i'm not doing academic game stuff and not doing game stuff you know i read um, you read first source texts and don't quote others (gasps) gasp fiona it's (laughs) It's an addiction. I went through, <laughs> I went through you know, traditional schooling. Um, I'm not an academic currently. You know, I, I found that wasn't really sustainable in the sense of like what it emotionally does to me is just not something I can do for any amount of wage, let alone how little adjunct professors are paid in the United States. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, so on, like, things that tie to a contemporary weirdness, um, I really think a thing that's come full circle from an era in which I was reading about international stuff and there were no translations of it and et cetera is um, the Italian collective Wu Ming, um, which uh, it, I will forget which Chinese it is, but essentially it, it, it means anonymous or five people. Um, and it's five writers that do alternate history and their first book Q under a pseudonym that was the one they used previously for a bunch of stuff is about a like secret agent of the Pope traveling through like the sort of Protestant Reformation and, you know, signs his letters, your dearest servant Q, um, which is why some people think that the QAnon um, conspiracy theory might be an elaborate hoax by those people who have been very open that they did not start that conspiracy theory and misinformation campaign. But it, like, they do 
weird stuff because they're leftists that do alternate history that doesn't give into utopianism. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. um, Like, Wooming Five, because they also won't be photographed and, like, have a lot of stuff about, like, image culture, but, like, one of his solo things is just an alternate history where David Bowie has a communist sympathizer period and goes to Cuba and, like, is recording, you know, an album in Havana rather than in Berlin. Wooming Five is also got a punk band in the 80s. It. They're they're interesting. <laughs> They've kind of started hitting crosstalk and stuff. And like, you know, I think like a lot of people don't like the capital L literary tradition. Um, I like Thomas Pinchon a lot. He's a huge inspiration for a lot of my encounter tables. Like mm. the, the image of the crying of lot 49, where, you know, a bunch of drunk grad students are throwing their empty bottles at seagulls and like yelling about physics is like, I think a great encounter, right? Like, what do you do with that? You know, you could do nothing, but it's, it's a texture of a cityscape. Um, so like, you know, that's sort of a literary tradition I've always been interested in and how it deals with alternate history and daily life. And I'm a huge fucking nerd. Like I, I for fun read books about things like the history of fire ecology and human evolution or the role of beavers in human evolution. You have been talking about beavers a lot recently. We're at a server together. And yes, I read an entire book about them and they're fascinating. Although also territorial and aggressive, but like cute if you don't have to deal with them directly. Yeah, that seems about right. So, yeah, alternate history, I guess, has been kind of a interest for me, along with ecology. That's where I've been doing a lot of my inspiration. Oh, my goodness. You can pet the dog. Like, if you pet learn more dog. about nature, you can pet all sorts of different animals. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sometimes I have to wonder about you. <laughs> I'm a crone. I think that I could cohabitate with dangerous animals. Oh. You probably could. <laughs> Knowing you, Fiona, partially because you're kind of one. I cannot think of some... You are a dangerous creature, my friend. <laughs> Just me chilling out with my bros, the bears. The only people that understand my rough-and-tumble style of play. I don't mean gay men that call themselves bears. I mean, like, I've just been adopted into a bear pack. Look at that, like, double-backing. I need to clarify caveat. How dare you? Not I need to clarify because I'm a queer person. I don't need to clap for that. I'm sorry. But, you know, like, people could think I mean a different thing. And, like, look, I just don't like the music of bears very much. I lived in upstate New York where that's a very popular gay subculture. And it runs a lot of our bar norms. And, like, look, like... There's just kind of a bro-y culture around, like, being a bro into being a casual bro into casual bros that just doesn't really have much of a space for trans women. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I love, I love this, but at the same time, just kind of like, you're so funny. I mean, I love the the um, the one, like, essay that the one bear person wrote about like wanting to fuck Toby Keith. Like I would argue that that is like the equivalent to I want to fuck Ronald Reagan by JG Ballard of. I have got to read that. That sounds amazing. I'll try and figure out what like queer theory book that was in. (laughs) Mahar, what's been inspiring you lately? That doesn't involve me talking about weird shit. Um, well, I've been reading quite a bit lately. So you got me on um, Detransition Baby. Love that book. Which is hard for me to read, honestly. It's very emotionally like, oh, I'm like, oh my God. Because, you know, like, honest to truth, like, I did have a trans questioning phase. Like, am I trans? And so, like, it reads as it could have been sometimes. So it's pretty emotional. It's a very powerful text. Um... Would I say it's been inspiring me? Yes and no. In that I don't see those themes in my games yet. Um, but otherwise, I've just been spending a lot of time playing video games. Like, incessantly, hour after hour on, on video games. So, 
I have a few ideas. Um, but other when, other than that, like, this is going to sound so corny. I've been inspired by Hong Kong. <laughs> I mean, being inspired by where you live is, you know, I feel like a good endorsement of where you live, you know, that it seems like a place for you. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just like lately I find myself like, okay, so I live in a part of Hong Kong that was getting gentrified and then got de-gentrified with the arrival of protests and COVID. So it was like, it used to be this area was basically like, am I in Hong Kong or am I in like some North American slash French quarter of, of, uh, of, of Asia? And then, uh, you know, protests happened and um, protests happened and, uh, unfortunately, you know, immediately followed by what we're all going through right now. So my neighborhood's drastically transformed. It's become, I mean, there's still quite a bit of like white migrant presence, but I would also say that there's quite a lot of um, people reclaiming spaces where they were getting priced out of because the housing market crashed. So I'm surrounded by all sorts of like, tea houses and cafes and galleries that are trying their very best to make ends meet and still produce art in a very trying time. So yeah, I go down before going to work. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm seeing quite a bit of local culture and quite a bit of um, people really just doing their damnedest to do art. So in that regard, I've been wanting to like write about games about making art, but I don't know what they are yet. Um, yeah, otherwise, I'm going to spend the next week to finally finish my Kickstarter. And yeah, it's going to be really fun. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm, it's like 90% done. It's just a matter of like laying it out. And I had to write a few more dungeons for people who, um, you know, got that tier. And I have to figure out where I'm going to place those now. And I've done the art for some of them. So I'm really excited. Heck I'm really yeah. Excited I'm good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's been. Awesome. I'll send you some pictures of how it's been going on so far. I've been, yeah, I've been I'd love to see quite it. pleased. Yeah. And then do you want to sell it on your store, Jared? Uh, definitely. Okay, yes. Yeah, you're, but you're, you're aware that to... we're both stores. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yuck. I, I don't Yuck. really believe that this is nepotism because I've read your work. Your work is good. And, you know, I think... That's... It's naked capitalism. That's what we see. It's just, ugh, I'm so, I'm so ashamed. I mean, I also I'm have to be a capitalist so tease in which I just perform capitalism in public. Like, hey, I think your book is good and that the store I work for could sell copies of it. So I would like to buy copies of your book because I think consumers in the United States would like them. This has been my TED You know, talk. can we... Oh my god! If we're gonna if we're gonna say it's a capitalist a striptease, can capitalism like do the kind of striptease where you're just adding more and more clothing so we see less of it? <laughs> I will. Like like if you yeah. watch Magic Mike in reverse, like you watch it on yeah. rewind, and it's just Channing Tatum very sensually getting dressed. Exactly, and then it's like okay, just and now whipping some pants back onto his body physically. <laughs> you know, can we just have that? You know, just like. You don't have to make us thirsty. We get it. We get it. You know what you're doing. Now cover that up and go away. I mean, can it just be like like that? What if what if Capital decided to be a frumpy nice girl that just wants to like, you know, do a small amount of economic exchange? Can, can you be honest? Do you honestly think capitalism is a frumpy nice girl? No, I'm saying what if? Like, you know, it's a made up thing. Like, what if elephants could fly? I say this what as a frumpy nice self-esteem? girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I think we just revealed something. Do we all think we're frumpy nice girls in one form or another? No. Well, I am a frumpy nice girl. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. That can't be our <laughs> character type. You do I... realize that's all the psychopaths <laughs> in all the horror movies, right? Yeah. Oh my god. You're both yeah. the weirdly you're just both the weirdly nice girl and I'm just the really dumb girl that like is obviously going to get killed. Like, you know, I think it's like the character in Freddy versus Jason where she was written for a different era, so all of the jokes are flat. Where it's like her boyfriend yells at her for smoking menthol cigarettes and she's like, 
but they taste like mint. And it's like, was this written in the 80s? <laughs> Are you <laughs> sure? Because I might think we're more like akin to like, you know, the three witches in the craft before Robin Tunney shows up. <laughs> I've never seen the craft. Huh? Yeah, what? Oh my God. How can I have that cultural touchstone and you don't? <laughs> I don't know, Mahar. Oh like, my God. The colonization is complete. <laughs> I know I know Hollywood better than the Americans. <laughs> For frick's sake. I mean, I know Hollywood better than the Americans sounds like a great game of like making up a fake movie from like the studio era and like trying to pass it off at a film reviewer as being real. Oh yeah, it's God. like a like a pitch party game, but instead of making up it's, ridiculous products, it's, you pick it's up the movies. Sinbad in Shazam thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Like we all, like we all like think that Sinbad had like a genie movie <coughs> of some sort, right? And it's just not the case. It's just not it, the it case. It makes sense that this would have happened. It, it's, <laughs> oh my god okay, see so like we began with structure everyone and we just devolve as always <laughs> I, I've got a great academic joke which is Deleuze always said that his act of flattery was to sneak up behind you know the cannon and then bugger it and make it give birth to monstrous children <laughs> thanks Deleuze what? Deleuze just that what a guy queer Weird queer man. <laughs> Why? <laughs> really into talking about his masochism in great detail. Um, Why? <laughs> also, his thoughts about film. Ethics for Fake is a really good film. Oh my I'm god! Oh my god! Okay, so wait. I, you know, we're reaching our hour point soon. So before we go, I just wanted to ask you all, like, um, yeah. Um, I think this is a pretty good way of like clearing our psychic senses because we're going to get ready for another immersion into that book soon. So I guess uh, to put us in that frame of mind before we go, like what are you all hoping to do soon regarding games and this podcast? You know what? Yeah. Maybe we should open it. Maybe we should do something influencery. Oh God. Yuck. And let, we need to drive up engagement. We need to hear no. from you. <laughs> What do you think we should talk about in our podcast? Yeah, like, let's, <laughs> you know what? Let's open a reader's quarter email so that we could just read the comments. Just keep in mind play that you're going to send, tone. just keep in mind, whoever is out there, that whatever you write is going to be read by two professional editors. True. <laughs> just keep in mind, end a sentence with a preposition and you're doomed. <laughs> wow i have been uh I'll, I'll part the curtain a little bit i have been on my on my own auditioning this elusive shift book because it seems like it might be a decent next book for us on this podcast are, are y'all familiar with that one no i'm not and to be honest not. when i heard you say you were auditioning and on my own i really just thought wow jared's gonna make an amazing eponine <laughs> yeah so the elusive shift is um it's kind of the uh the like 1970s D D version of this forge book in a way it's attempting to establish some historical basis for like what kind of theoretical framework were they pulling from in the mid to late 70s um I haven't gotten too far in it because I just got it. Um, but there's like enough symmetry with this uh, book by William White that it seemed appropriate. It's written by, I think it's written by Shannon Applecline who did that um, series of uh, hi history books on, uh, on RPG publishers from the seventies through the two thousands. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. That's a thing. All right. Uh, Fiona, anything on your end? Uh, I mean, like, a lot of the things I'm looking forward to are, like, end of quarantine things, you know? Mm. Like, I got my second vaccine, I'm still trying to be a good citizen and not do irresponsible things and where, you know, like, do the basic due diligence of just trying not to be like, everything is over because I got a shot. But, like, I, I do not deal well with being cooped up and I 
have had to take stop taking ADHD medication because I get too focused and cannot work off energy and become like very frustrated. So, you know, I'm looking forward to like it being warm enough. I can read a book in a park and like maybe read a RPG book that I didn't have anything to do with in a park, you know, um, that's sort of like the things that are like exciting to me right now. Um, uh, yeah, I also want to throw in, uh, Lake Hacks Dangerous Games is the one I want to do someday, but I believe that this will go on forever. And like Shinji, with enough facilitating, <laughs> we will eventually jump into the robot. Um, Tom Strasser Todd will play, um, and, you know, we'll... <laughs> We'll all achieve the transcendent orange goo singularity in which we deal with our problems with our dad. Gendo and Kari. <laughs> ah! Okay. Spoilers also, for Evangelion. Take that, internet, as though you don't know oh how that series ends. My God. Okay. So, on that wonderful note, um, Jared, I believe this would be the time when you'd play our exit music. Uh, and yeah. yeah, like it's been good to hear from you again. And uh, semi serious, we do look for not that we're looking for engagement, but we are looking for conversation. So if people do want to ask us anything, we will get back to you, even if it's in the form of silence. <laughs> True. I promise that I will at least have a form that says, like, thank you for your feedback. I'm blocking you on Twitter because this is not constructive criticism but i appreciate uh, also, the effort I, you put into making fun of me i've also locked all my tweets and i haven't checked twitter in seven days <laughs> maybe so, we should have like something for this like an email address been, or something for this. it's like it's, it's been seven like, days since the last twitter it's you know what honestly like i could feel my spirit lifting it's almost transcendental what it's like yeah, to live a life that makes sense. on Twitter. I mean, I haven't been on Facebook since September, and I think I've basically reached, like, my near apotheosis. <laughs> it's like, goodbye social media, life is good. You're a butterfree from social media. I mean, the only thing left is Discord, and even then, I'm, like, in very small servers, I'm pleased. Mostly. Okay, so that's a wrap, everyone. That was trying to be kind. And in our next episode, you are going to see us uh, once again open that book. The book. Trying to be kind. More like trying to be structured, but mom can't make this undisciplined crown structure. <laughs> well, mom is one of the children. So. <laughs> okay, mom tries, but it doesn't work all the time. Give okay. mommy three fingers of breakfast. Oh my god! <laughs> that, to be clear, that is a southern adage for th three shots of whiskey. Not anything of you, you need to explain that to someone who doesn't share your context. Otherwise, I'm just going to think the absolute worst. <laughs> that was the absolute worst assumption for three fingers of breakfast is. It never occurred to me that it could be anything other than whiskey. <laughs> <laughs>